Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Guiche, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, guys, today's episode is with author Melanie Dale. Melanie wrote, It's Not Fair, Women Are Scary, and In Freaking Fertility, and is also a podcaster. She basically does all of the things. Melanie adores fantasy, horror, sci-fi, and superheroes, and you are going to be obsessed with her by the time this interview is over. We dive in on how life is typically unfair, how to be a friend to someone who is walking through a difficult season, and how God has really, really big shoulders. It's a good one, guys. Melanie, hey, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Blake. I'm so excited. Okay, like so excited because when I emailed you and originally asked you to come on the show, I literally said in the email, I don't know what I want to talk about, but I want to talk. You're <laughs> hilarious because like you email me and you're basically like, you'd be perfect for my podcast about crappy Christians. And I'm like, <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you really like, I mean, you are the perfect fit because you're honest and you're vulnerable about like stuff that sucks and stuff that's hard. And so. I did kind of eventually narrow it down to talking about your one of your three books, and you're currently writing another book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am. I am. So you have Women Are Scary. Yep. You have It's Not Fair and In Freaking Fertility. In Freaking Fertility. In Freaking Fertility. So, and I mean, then I'm working on a parenting book right now that'll come out next spring. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I would take parenting advice from you. Well, wow. Thank you. <laughs> Crappy parenting advice. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about all of it, but. It's so funny because when you emailed me, I had literally just had this conversation with my daughter where she slept over at a friend's house and she comes home and she's like, "Um, her parents are like good Christians. And I was like, what's a good Christian? And she's like, I don't know, her parents. And I was like, well, what's a bad Christian? And she said, you and dad. And I'm like, what? What does that mean? Oh my god. I think you emailed it. I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, though, I really think the good and the bad stuff is just behavior. And Christianity isn't something we do, it's something that was done for us. And so, like, I don't feel like I have to keep my crap together all the time because that's not the point of it. No, that's not the point of it. I mean, if I was capable of keeping my crap together all the time, then the cross would be unnecessary. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. If I was perfect, and I wouldn't need a savior. 
Yeah. And, and I, yeah, it's just not the point of it. No. That's not the point of it. Crossing the T's and dotting the I's. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I do love the, it's not fair. Like the tagline is learning to love the life you didn't choose. So we're going to like start there. I have a feeling that this conversation is going to go wherever it wants, which I'm really pumped about. Um, Cause okay. So for me, I actively chose the life that I am currently living, like to get married <laughs> and to have kids young and stay home and all of that kind of stuff. And I still can find myself in the camp of like, this isn't fair. Right. Yeah. So much. And like having to pursue gratitude and stuff like that. And so much less learning to love a life you didn't choose when things are hard, when things do kind of like land in your court that you didn't choose. Right. Yeah. I felt like I definitely was, was choosing my life for a while there. Like I was, uh, you know, if you work hard enough, then you just achieve your dreams, you know, and that's kind of what we tell kids. And that's, I'm a, a overachiever. And so I was like, if I just work hard enough, then I can, you know, achieve what I want to and, um, you know, I mean, I had realistic goals, but like, I, yeah. I just work hard and then and get what you've earned basically was kind of my mentality in life. Just keep working hard. And, um, and then the first thing that really hit me in my life that I could not achieve, no matter how hard I worked was infertility. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of rocked my world. And so we went through a, a long, difficult process with infertility. And, and then after that adoption and we hit snags with adoption, and so then we kind of, it took us 12 years to kind of accrue our three kids. And it mm -hmm. was, it was quite a road. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I started off with, it's not fair writing a book where I thought I was writing a book. Like I learned how to love my life and you can too, you mm -hmm. know? And then like halfway through it, my life fell apart again. Cause then I found myself sitting across from doctors and teachers who had diagnoses for these children that I'd worked so hard to get. Mm -hmm. And, um, these were labels that I did not see coming that were, you know, it, labels you don't want to hear are spoken about your children. And, um, and things were hard at home. Like after all of this time of uh, wor and work to get the kids, I thought, well, now the fun starts. And instead, it just we were thrown for a loop. And I had to call my my publisher and my editor and um, be like, um, hi, I need to just change the book. Like I've I've got to get in there and re like it is not just a box that you can check this idea of learning to love your life. This is an ongoing process, this daily commitment to do the work of learning to love the life you didn't choose. So I basically wanted to write a book for people who thought their life was going to go one way. Um, and maybe you have expectations for your relationships, a marriage, a, um, your kids, like it was for me, um, your job, maybe you thought your education was going to go a certain way. You know, we all have these hopes and plans and dreams. And then so many of us end up in a totally different place than we ever saw coming. And mm -hmm. so how, do we learn to love our lives in the midst of it when maybe we don't even see a solution anytime soon or possibly ever, but we can still figure out how do we love our lives when things are kind of sucky and hard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the book basically. Yeah. And I love that. And because... it's funny. Like that sounds really heavy, but I also try to be like, cause... because you're funny. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I use humor as a coping mechanism uh -huh. for myself. And so if that resonates with you, then awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and I think we sometimes you have to like laugh so you don't cry. You know what I mean? Like, Amen. yes, you have to like things that you exactly what you said, like things that you thought were going to be the easy things yeah. end up being the things that throw you for a loop end mm -hmm. up being hard. I mean, I don't know many people that go into marriage with an actual understanding of how hard it is. I don't yeah. think I know anybody that goes into 
becoming a parent with an actual understanding of how hard it is until you're in it and you're like, oh my gosh, I, yeah. this is so hard. And even if I did choose it, it feels unfair. Right. Yeah. I'm going into year 19 of being married to the same person. And it definitely like it's, yeah. it's not what you think it's going to be at the beginning for sure. No, because, um, I mean, we're on year seven and it's yeah. hard and you change and you have to change and you have to grow. But I mean, love is still a choice and right. still, you know, God is in those things is yeah, what I and life is crazy. I mean, like you, just when you think you're trucking along, then you get a health thing, whether it's yeah. your kid or your partner or yourself, you know, there's, there's, you just never know. <laughs> I mean, that sounds dire, but, um, yeah, I think we've all experienced something or if you haven't yet, you will yeah. experience something that throws you for a loop and you have to figure out how to process that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that like, even if we're not saying it's not fair out loud, like most of us are thinking we're thinking it about something. And that's why I love that with this yeah. book, like you called it what it is. You kind of give permission to be like, ugh, woof. But then yeah. you're like, let's get up <laughs> and move forward. My my husband was kind of commenting on my title selection because my first one's women are scary. My second one's it's not fair. My third one's <laughs> in freaking fertility. So like I don't hold back even with the titles of my books. Oh, um, yeah. People know what they're uh, getting. Uh, the first two have maimed baked goods on the cover. So Women yes. Are Scary has has cake pop cannibals like literally eating each other because that's what it feels like to be in a relationship sometimes. Yes. Um, and and then this the It's Not Fair has like a maimed cookie man yeah. who's like missing a leg and has been through a lot. <laughs> like that's what it feels like. That's what this feels like sometimes. <laughs> like that's sometimes like what life yeah. feels like. And I know in the book you talk and a lot. And in is covered in needles. Needle, I, needle, like it's like, bright yellow with like needles all over it. Needles. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I do love that in It's Not Fair, you talk a lot about our reactions to unfairness. Yeah. And so I thought that would kind of be interesting to talk about that, like, what are, like, that we get a choice in our reaction to unfairness. Um. So... I mean, there's our reactions to unfairness, and then there's also like people reacting to our reactions about unfairness. Mm. And I kind of pack a lot of that in the book as well. Um, for me, I I was very honest, I think, about how I was feeling mm -hmm. when um, I'll take infertility, for example, when yeah. I was through all of that and, you know, just really struggling. I think I went through a depression that I didn't even realize that I was depressed. And so that, that was part of my journey of not even realizing exactly how I was feeling. But then, um, then, you know, finally figuring out how to put language around it and, and really struggling with God. And, you know, I've, I've was raised in a Christian home and kind of, uh, for those of us who grew up, with a faith, we kind of grow up in a black and white world in a way. And then you become an adult and you realize things can be kind of gray yeah. and, um, things aren't quite as like transactional as you thought and things are different than you thought. And so you're like, wait a second. So, so, I mean, I was very open about the fact that like, I don't like this plan. Okay. Like if this is God's plan, I don't like God's plan. And so some, some people kind of freak out about that. You know, I, I felt like uh, some people thought I was a flight risk to the faith, you know, Ooh. as I'm, as I'm lamenting about how this feels and, you know, people would be like, well, God's timing is perfect. And I'm like, what are you saying? God doesn't want me to have a baby right now. What a crappy thing to say. Like, right. don't, like, don't 
don't say that to me. His timing might be perfect, but it still sucks sometimes. I'm not not even going to get into the theology of whether or not that's true or not, but that's not something to say to someone when they're going through something bad, you know? Right. um, so, so people would kind of want to lecture or advise me as I was going through that. I'm like, I don't, that is not what I need right now when I'm going through this. I, I want to, I want people to sit with me and just be there with me. And I had a group of friends who were those people, you know, and, and that's really, um, what I, I try so hard as a friend now to be that person of just like show up and be there for them and not try to solve the thing. Or, um, if, if my friend is a Christian, like I am not try to like, throw out a ton of Bible verses and label it and fix it. Like, I I think we can be fixers and sometimes things just don't need to be fixed like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I think that's, that's some of what I've experienced, um, just in the things that felt unfair and feel unfair is this, this, uh, kind of push back to like be more Christian and work harder in your faith. And gosh, I hope that, if you're going through something hard, that that's when like our, that our faith works, like that we get to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like that, that if we have a relationship with God, which I hope that, that that's what I have, that I have this relationship with God, like in a relationship, that's a trusting, loving relationship, you can fall apart and the relationship doesn't go away. Right. Right. Like, so, so I always joke, I don't have a prayer closet. I have a swear shed. Um, uh. <laughs> and, right? like, scream and be yeah. mad that you know god i feel like god can handle our anger when yes. we're going through something hard like he can handle it he can handle our anger he created anger he understands anger you know like he yes. gets that we, we have the emotional emotional capacity for a lot of different reactions and a lot of different layers of things and so sometimes when you're going through something people want to want to put a certain, um, emotion you should have onto your situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I find for me, at least a lot of times I have a very different emotion than what people need me to have. So, um, I might need to laugh when someone thinks I'm going to cry and I might need to be angry when someone thinks I should just be hopeful. And, um, so, and it's okay to have multiple, multiple reactions at once. You can kind of have like an emotional smoothie coming out of your face and that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And that's not fair. Like when we put expectations on someone else's reactions to life's events like I did an interview with actually like one of the few interviews that I've done with a girl that's a friend of mine who has I think she's on year four of infertility and she we were talking about that kind of that same exact thing of like the Christian response to it being like God's plan and God's time and all that kind of stuff and she was like (laughs) she was saying what I love is that if I need to be mad I know I can call you yes that's so good. That's so we need those friends who can be mad with us. Right. They can be like, yes, like God's plan yeah. is bigger and better than ours. Yes. A hundred percent. I believe that. But this is horrible. This horrible. is two failed IUIs. This is four yeah. years of struggle mm-hmm. and medication and money and heartache. This mm-hmm. sucks. It and sucks. Like, yep. We as believers have to be space for people, infertility or, mm-hmm. you know, infidelity or whatever just life like we have to be a safe space for people to come and it not immediately be shoving what we deem the correct response down people's throats right I have a child who struggles with mental illness and Mm -hmm. that is something that a lot of people don't understand and so I've had people tell me I need just need to pray more (laughs) you know it's oh this is just this just needs more prayer and that is so defeating to hear you know when you see your child struggling and you know 
you know the the diagnoses going on and you know a little bit about the brain chemistry happening and the the physical aspects of this mental illness that this child is going through. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's hard when you hear these kind of band-aid responses yes. from some people, especially people who, uh, who share my faith. Like right. I, I, I expect more from them to like, like, don't, don't come at me with that. With a Band-Aid when I'm, that's, like, bleeding out. Like, a Band-Aid yeah. is not going to fix. God is, go- can and is, will be faithful. Yeah. But your Band-Aid of pray more, that makes me want to, like, beat my head against my mind. And it, like, it, feels, it feels like, oh, that's more work for me. And honestly, as, as the mom of kids with special needs and, uh, you know, if you're, whether you're going through infertility or job stuff or health stuff or whatever, like you're already working so hard. You're doing so much. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to the appointments, I'm getting the medications, I'm doing everything. And we work so hard with whatever we're going through. We work, work, work. And for someone to say something like pray more is just like, what do do something else do more no like and it's also an assumption how do we rest more how do we rest more how do we how do we unburden ourselves rather than add on yet another thing (laughs) yeah and it's also it's an assumption like how do you know that I'm not like living on my knees about this right totally (laughs) and my personality wants to be like oh you don't think I pray enough oh wait hold on let me just prove to you how much I pray you know like (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to just start recording it in minutes and I'll just give you my log of all my minutes because I feel the need to win this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that's healthy, but um, no, but I get it. And but I mean, it puts you on the defensive. It does. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. like, so I'm in a season of not, I am not naturally a great friend. And mm. I don't mean that in a self-deprecating way. It's just something that God is teaching me and I'm learning how to step into that space with people. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really cool learning experience especially walking with people who are struggling and I'm literally just asking God like how do I show up and Mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to show up like sometimes like the answer isn't you need to pray more the answer is I'll go to battle with and for you I'm not asking you to do more I'm telling you I'm gonna go to battle and also like when can I bring dinner and also like if they live far away like here's a Starbucks gift card like yeah I'll like go treat yourself like Yes, prayer is the most powerful thing that we as believers have in our arsenal. But like God did not ask us just to pray. You can pray while you're making a lasagna is all I'm saying. (laughs) Preach. You can pray (laughs) while you're making a lasagna. Like you can pray while you're watching their kids so they can take a nap. You know what I mean? Like uh, like we need to have to be hands and feet too. Mm -hmm. Well, halfway through my book, It's Not Fair, I actually have a whole chapter called 100 Ways to help someone or a hundred things you can do to help someone. And, um, and I just, yeah, I think people need ideas. Like you're saying, you're learning how to be a good friend. And so I have a few chapters about some of the things that people said to me that I wish they hadn't said to me, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the, what not to say kind of, and I made it fun. So it's hopefully I'm not, I hopefully I'm not a total dick about it, but, um, (laughs) um, so there's that. And then, and then a hundred things we can do to help each other. And so some of those are not going to apply to whatever situation you're in, but, but I'm hoping with a list of 100, there's something in there that strikes you that goes, oh, I could do that for my friend. I, yeah. that is, that's a helpful tool that I could use to help my friend who's struggling. Um, or if you're the one going through something, you can just go down that list and circle the ones you like and hand it to your friend and be like these do number five, do number yes. 17. <laughs> See, and that's the harder part for me is like asking for, I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't struggle with asking for help, you know, that does like, and it's like, 
in super tangible ways like that of like this is what would help me this is what would speak life into me I do have a couple of friends like this week is insane for me I have seven podcast interviews I'm prepping to speak at an event this weekend like life is crazy and I had like my best friend called me last night and was like how do we how do we tackle this we wow yeah like I mean that's and that's great and that is like so necessary because I didn't have to ask for help which was Mm. nice but Mm -hmm. But just, like, being in it with people, Starbucks gift cards has become, like, my go-to. Like, I have my I have my Starbucks app hooked up to my business account, and when a friend is, like, having a rough day or had to put their dog down or mm. got bad news, I'm just write a sweet note and send them, you know, pay for their Starbucks for a couple of days. It's, like, it's just a super tangible yeah. way to, like, make people feel loved. Okay, you said dead dog, so I, I have to I, – when – uh, when my first, my first manuscript, women are scary. So it was due on a Friday on Wednesday. I was actually trying to deliver a meal to a friend and I got, t- my car got totaled with me in it. Funny story. The ZD, I was baked a ZD and it exploded all over <gasps> me when I got hit and I thought it was my guts. So I was screaming oh, thinking I was no. looking at my guts, but it was just the ZD. So it's fine, oh, but I was really gosh. banged up. So I had to go. So I spent the most of the night in the hospital and then the next day, my dog died. No. So Wednesday, totaled, spent the day in the ER. Thursday, dog died. Looped up on painkillers. Had to put the put the dog down. Awful. Awful. I, so I'm like sobbing hysterically. Friday, book is first book is due <gasps> to the publisher. And I totally uh, still got it in on time. But, yeah, you um, did. <laughs> yeah, but that Thursday, when I was having to say goodbye to my best friend, um, and reeling for, with painkillers and still trying to get over the accident and freaking out, still just major PTSD over what had happened. Um, I had a friend show up and grab my kids and take them to her neighborhood pool for the day. Yes. And it was the, one of the most wonderful things. She's not even like, I, like I love her, but we don't even hang out socially all that often. She's yeah. just someone who was in, in my kinosphere who we, we had kids at the same school and she just knew that I needed help. And so it was amazing. Cause I could rest easy knowing that my kids were having a fun day and they weren't having to like, and then I could like be as messy as I needed to be without scaring my children. Cause yes. they were off at the pool. You know, that was, that was cool. So I do love like a good offer of free childcare is oh, fantastic. That is like probably in the top three <laughs> best ways to love <laughs> a mom is offer to come grab her kids. Yeah. And you don't even have to like, you don't even have to take them to the pool. Like that feels fancy. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, like come, like you can come, like I've gone to a friend's house with my kids and been like, you go, you go <laughs> sit at Starbucks, go mm-hmm. get your nails done, go do something. I've, I'll hold down this fort. Yep. That is huge. I want to yep. circle back to something you said about like God being able to handle our anger because mm-hmm. like life isn't always fair, but God is always good. And like, yeah. Growing up, my dad used to tell us, like, God has really big shoulders. My like, dad said that, too. Aww. Was that, like, in the dad manual? It has to have been. I love it because it resonated. It stuck. Yeah. Like, God, I've never really, like, struggled with, like, guilt over feeling disappointed or angry or for even, like, forgotten. Like, I'm like, no, this is how I feel, which some of that may be just mm-hmm. my personality type. But, like. I fe- it feels very safe to, like, go to God with those things. But I think that, that I'm learning that that's uncommon. Mm. It, yeah, it might be. I mean, I, I think that it definitely comes from feeling um, 
the more connected you are to God, the more safe you feel being able to be real with him. I, I took my cues and I talk about this in the book quite a bit. Um, I took my cues for this idea of, of God can handle everything that, you know, I took that from King David in, when I read through the Psalms, yes. I mean, that guy is a mess. Like He's he, a disaster. it's funny because we want to like elevate some of these people in the Bible, especially King David, you know, like, and I'm sure like he accomplished a lot, but he was a hot mess. And when people try to say that women are emotional and men are not, I'm like, have you read King David's Psalms? That man was like, soaking pieces of furniture with his tears. He was crying all night. Like he was every emotion he could fling at the at God, he flung at him. Um, yes. but God r- refers to him as the man after God's own heart. So, yes. um, so to me that shows, okay, we can be super honest with God and emotional with God and fling everything we have at him and, and still have this incredible relationship with God um, and, and I, and possibly have I, a better relationship with God, yeah, a close, an intimate relationship. I think about the people that I can throw my true emotions at in this world. And they are all the people I know the most intimately, yes. um, whether it's my best friends or my husband, um, you know, they're my mom, you know, the people mm-hmm. that I can, that the I can really with. deal with. And I know that they aren't going to leave me. Yes. Those are, and so that's God. Yes. Um, um, and, and if, if you haven't grown up with that, that's, that might be take some time. You know, I, one thing when I, when I'm struggling with trusting God, which even though I, I feel like I have a fairly healthy relationship with God, I, I do struggle with trust sometimes mm-hmm. when something new is flung at us. And I think everyone, if they're honest, struggles with trust, especially, you know, like, okay, God, I can't even see you. And, um, I hear some different things about you and there's a lot of bad stuff in the world. And so sometimes when I'm having a hard time trusting him, I, instead of saying, Lord, I trust you, I'll say, Lord, I want to trust you. Help me to trust you. And I put that back on him. I'm like, well, he's, if he's God, then he can help me with that. I don't have to try to manufacture that trust. Yes. So, um, yeah. Um, as far as God always being good, I mean, I think on some level I know that because I mean, scripture talks about that, you know, like I, I, I know that he is a good God. Um, but sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And I think those feelings are valuable and valid. And so I I try not to tell people that like, if someone's going through something hard, I don't want to fling that at people because I I mean, we know it on some level, but it's hard to grasp in the middle of a poop storm where everything is falling apart. And you're like, this, no, he, this does not feel good. And and frankly, I don't know what to think about God being good and all of these horrible things happening. Like that is when he could take it away, but he doesn't. I, I honestly don't know what to do with that. And so I, yeah, I just keep shuffling forward, keep shuffling towards. Right. And sometimes that's the kind of unfortunate part of faith is that we don't have all of the answers that I have a lot of questions, you know, and that's honestly what took me the longest time to get on board with Christianity. That's like, you know, I, I have people like literally show up in my DMS of like, okay, but like you say, God is good, but what about this? I'm like, I don't have those answers. Like nobody does, you know what I mean? And that's hard. Years ago, Andy Stanley preached a sermon about how we can take our questions into our faith. That And that really freed me up a lot because I do have a lot of questions. Um, and probably the older I get, the more questions I have rather oh, yeah. than the less questions I have. Because when you're a child, everything's black and white. It's easy. You're like, well, of right. course, all this makes sense. And then the right. older I get, the more questions I have. And, and I don't think we have to shove those down. I think they can just live 
right along with our faith and, mm-hmm. and they can, we can just get used to having attention with that. There's questions and there's faith and it's okay to have both. Yes. And so that's kind of how I approach my faith. Um, that I, I absolutely believe in God and believe in Jesus, but I have a lot of questions. Right. And, and especially when things are not going so well. And, and when I see things going not so well in the world, like I have a lot of questions, but I yes. also have faith and, and yes. I'm, I'm unwilling to let go of either of those things. And so they just live in tension. Yeah. And I love, yeah. and I agree completely. And I think I can't, I feel like I keep saying, let's circle back to, but David is, David is a large part of why I actually ended up becoming a Christian. I do. Wow. I know because I, uh, struggle with anxiety and depression mm. and so did David. I'm mm. very, very confident that David was at least depressed. David had an affair. David made lots of really, really bad decisions. And he was God's chosen. Like he is the lineage of Jesus. And that was what made it so that I could buy in. What? I mean, he had an affair, but he was even kind of rapey, right? Because how, right. much, how much autonomy did Bathsheba really have in that situation? And, and murdery. You know, like, and murdery, rapey, like he, yeah. Yeah. He made some like really, really, really awful awful decisions and paid the price for them yeah but you know like i love there's a point in second samuel where he's talking to god and talking to nathan and nathan's like you had everything god gave you everything and even said that if this wasn't enough i would have given you more and you turned around and like took a married woman and killed her husband like what Uh what are you doing with your life like I love that, that, like, he made awful decisions and sometimes, like, wasn't a great guy. And yet still, like, God deemed him good. Like, he didn't, he, like, put all of that aside. And that, like, really figuring out that David struggled with depression was such a big deal for me. Mm. So at the end of an interview, we do rapid fire questions. All right, I'm ready. Okay. What is your Enneagram number? Do you have a guess? Are you a three? Yes, I'm a three. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> when you were talking earlier about uh, like proving what good of a prayer you were. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's very three of her. <laughs> I'm, a three. I'm a three with a four wing. Mm. That is, I mean, all of the wing combinations are super interesting, but that is a like, I'm going to be different and be the best at being different. That's it. It is. And and then I am not super connected to my emotions as a three. Threes are not really connected to their emotions, which is funny because I spent a lot of this interview talking about my emotions, but yeah. it's been a process for me, which is why I, I do like to talk about it because I think maybe there are other people like me who struggle with that. Absolutely. Um, but I be I think my four wing helps with the emotion side of things, but then my three wants to shame me and the, oh how dare you feel that emotion like so yeah, dumb I, for feeling I want to achieve all the things I want to perform and I really want to feel like unique and special while I'm doing it. It's, I love it's so it. gross. Oh when I first God. read all the Instagram, like it's gross. You feel like it's the worst. It's yeah, the worst. like someone has a camera in your house and is seeing you at your worst all okay, the time. Because I'm an eight. You're an eight. I'm married to an eight. Oh, I, yeah. Ooh, a three and God an bless eight. Spouse. I know it's that's what everyone's reaction is. Yeah, it's a strong combo. It's I mean, we are not a laid back people, you guys. No, No. I'm married to a nine. Okay, he's like super chill. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
Yeah, that would. That's seven wing. I have a seven wing. Okay, because I was like, I feel like there's some seven in you, but well, I mean, what do I know? I just met you, but no, no, um, no, yeah, yeah. My husband yeah. is an eight with a nine wing, which is to me the most in conflict. Three type. with a four wing and eight with eight a nine with wing a nine are wing. the two most conflicted ones, and so we have two most conflicted people in a marriage together. Woo. It's crazy. Yeah. What yeah. is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Going out with friends. Yes. I love going out with my friends. Um, I mean, my first book, Women Are Scary, is all about how to develop those friends. Um, and and I definitely love it, love it, love it, love it. And yeah. I can look forward to like a night out all week long. And it gets It'll me excited. Get me through the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last one is, what's the last thing you watched on TV? Supernatural. <gasps> I, I am a Supernatural fangirl, big time. Oh. They just got cleared for their 15th season. Woo-hoo. I cannot believe it's been on this long. I like, I know. my sister loves it. I have watched some of it, but my sister loves it. It's so good. You know, I love mythology and, and fantasy and horror and yes. um, ghost stories. And I mean, Supernatural just kind of has all of it. Yeah. It's great. Plus it's classic nice. rock. It's perfect. Good. And they're, you know, the two main characters aren't like horrible to look at. So. It, it does not hurt. Anything. It doesn't hurt anything. You're right. right. <laughs> uh, can you tell our listeners where to find and follow you? Yeah. So uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, it's at Unexpected Mel. And my website is unexpected.org. And my books are available where books are sold. Yeah. And we'll link to all of yeah. that and all of your books in your show notes, which can always be found on confessionsofacrappychristian.com. And my podcast is Lighten oh, Up with yes. Melanie Dale. And I uh, recently hit 100 episodes on that, baby. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. And your um, your podcast is linked in your website, right? Yeah, it's all there. Yep. Yeah, and we'll link to that. We'll link to your podcast as well. It's all, it's so good. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. This was so fun. So fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.